G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao, and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, Is It Relevant Today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as overhead projectors? A number of weeks ago we looked at a topic we titled, What Happens When You Die? We discovered that when one dies, they wait in the grave until the second coming of Jesus. The Bible refers to death as a sleep. If you missed this presentation, check out our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today? and click on What Happens When You Die. We also asked the question, Can a loving God burn someone throughout eternity for sins committed in one short lifetime? We discovered that God is not a monster. He will not torture someone throughout eternity if they choose not to follow Him. However, there is a parable in the Bible that has many baffled. This is the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. It is found in Luke chapter 16 verses 19 to 31. And it reads, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. And the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted while you are there in agony. And besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Now many people, when they read this parable, come to the conclusion that there is a place of eternal conscious torment. It certainly seems to give the impression that God is a monster. We're going to explore this parable today and see just what it's trying to teach us. We'll also see if this is actually pointing to a place of eternal conscious torment. And we'll explore these things just after these songs. Follow a storm my way 
yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed ray. That in thy sunshine's blaze, its day may brighter, fairer be. My heart to Thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the promises not vain that morn shall tearless be. Life's glory dead, and from the ground there blossoms red. Life that shall endless peace. Life that shall endless peace. Endless peace. Endless peace. Oh, you are. 
Is it relevant today? You're listening to Marius Jigao, and today we're exploring the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Before we get into it, I just wanted to ask you, what would you think if I told you that before coming home last night, I stopped and had a conversation with the nectarine tree just outside of my house? It seemed a little depressed this year, as it wasn't able to produce many nectarines. In fact, it's a little critical. It started blaming me for its problems. You didn't prove me right. You didn't give me enough water. You need to lose some weight. In the end, I said to it, I'm glad you're stuck in the ground. Because when I don't want to listen to you, I can just walk away. And I did just that and slammed the door as I went into my house. If I came and said this to you one day, what would you think of me? You'd say, yep, Marius has lost all of his marbles. He's about as crazy as a soup sandwich. Now, I may ask you, why would you say this? And the reason is because, well, we can't talk to trees. Well, we technically can, but they don't talk back, right? Now, what if I was to say to you, the Bible actually does teach that we can talk to trees. If we have a look at Judges chapter 9, verses 8 to 10, we have an interesting story, and it reads, The trees once went forth to anoint a king over them. And they said to the olive tree, Reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, Should I cease giving my oil, with which they honour God and men, and go sway over trees? Then the trees said to the fig tree, You come reign over us. And this conversation between trees continues until verse 15. Now, does this passage prove that trees can talk? No, it's simply a fictional story or a parable trying to convey a moral lesson. 
In fact, the Bible has many parables in it, and some of them portray real-life events, while others portray fictional stories in order to convey a moral lesson. So when reading a parable in the Bible, we need to ask ourselves, is this a real-life event story, or is this a fictional story? Is this telling us a story of events that actually happened? Or are the events it's describing fictional, like the talking trees in Judges chapter 9? Now, the reason we need to make this distinction is so we don't incorporate into our lives beliefs of fictional realities. And so that our wife doesn't lock us outside of the house when she hears us talking to trees. So, how do we make the distinction? We'll explore this just after this song. Lord, I come to you, let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found. I see in me will be stripped away by the power of your love. Hold me close, let your love surround me. Spirit leads me on in the power of your love. Lord, unveil my eyes, let me see you face to face. The knowledge of your love as you live in me. As you live in me. Lord, renew my mind as your will unfolds in my life. Draw me to your 
Spirit leads me on in the power of your love. And I will soar with you. So Spirit leads me on in the power of your love. And I will soar with you. Your Spirit leads me on in the power of your love. Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigau, and today we're looking at the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Now, after looking at the parable of the talking trees found in Judges chapter 9, we've come to the conclusion that parables can either be based on real-life events or on fictional events. We're now asking ourselves, is the parable of the rich man and Lazarus describing a real-life event, or is it describing a fictional event. Now, there are two ways that this parable can be interpreted. Before deciding which one is correct, we're going to have a look at both of the options we have. The first is to explore the literal interpretation. In this, the rich man goes to hell. And while he's in hell, he seems to peek over the fence into heaven. Here, he sees just how comfortably the poor beggar Lazarus is living it up. Being tormented in the fiery flame, he begs for a single drop of water, anything to bring some relief to his severely overheated destination. Now, he's essentially told, Nope, you've had an awesome life on earth. Now it's your turn to suffer. And my friend here, who suffered while he's on earth, he gets to literally Live the high life. In fact, Abraham tells him that even if he wanted to, he can't jump the fence across over to the other side. The rich man then thinks of his five brothers who are still alive on earth, and he begs Abraham to resurrect Lazarus and send him to his brothers. His reasoning is that if his brothers see Lazarus coming back to life, they will then repent and not end up in the fiery flames with him. To which Abraham essentially says, Nope, not going to happen, sorry. If your brothers don't believe the prophets, essentially, if your brothers don't believe what's written in the Bible, they're not going to believe even if they see Lazarus coming back from the dead. Since then, our loving, and let's not forget, merciful God, has allowed the rich man to continue burning and burning and burning and burning at the everlasting barbecue while Lazarus enjoys the air-conditioned buffet, which is perforated with the beautiful sounds of the condemned screaming throughout eternity. Now, this is a view of what the literal interpretation may look like. Stay with us after these songs, and we'll examine another way of interpreting this parable. Now found 
comes to pour when you surround me with your mercy. Just when I feel my way is lost and need some light to see, just when I would have given up, you go and mercy me. Mercy me when I'm falling. Mercy me, hear me calling. Mercy me like raindrops falling. Pour your grace out on me. Mercy me when I'm hurting. Mercy me so undeserving. Mercy me.
back to Is It Relevant Today? You're listening to Marius Jigal, and today we're looking at the rich man and Lazarus. We've just seen a literal interpretation of this parable, and we're now going to examine what it may look like if we accepted it to be a fictional story trying to portray a biblical truth. Now, I personally believe that this was a fictional story, and this is how I believe that we were meant to interpret it. This story is designed to show the Jews that they have been hoarding the spiritual wealth that has been given to their nation. And it's also designed to impress on their minds that this wealth of knowledge they have won't save them. In fact, one who is on the outside or a Gentile while being poor in spiritual knowledge may be more likely to enter heaven than they are. The way that Jesus begins is by contrasting Jewish beliefs against Hellenistic or Greek beliefs. And what he does is he takes the two belief systems and he does the old switcheroo. He switches their destinies around. The rich Jewish man ends up going to Greek Hades and the poor Gentile beggar ends up in Abraham's bosom which was the expected destiny of the Jews who would be saved. Now, this would have blown the minds of the scribes and Pharisees standing by, as they were convinced that their eternal destiny was in Abraham's bosom, and that the Gentiles had absolutely no chance of ever getting there. Now, the Greeks believed in a place called Hades, where the evil would be condemned and tortured. However, the Jews had no such belief. They believe that the dead go into the grave and await the resurrection. In fact, this is clearly highlighted when Peter is talking about King David in Acts chapter 2, verse 29 and 34, which says, My brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried and is in the tomb with us this day. And verse 34 says, For David did not ascend into the heavens. Now in the parable, Jesus goes even one step further and tells them that the spiritual condition they find themselves in is now so bad that they would benefit from a drop of living water the Gentiles will ultimately accept. But they will not obtain it. The Jews had been ignoring all of the signs and miracles that Jesus was doing which proved who he was. They'd also been ignoring their own Bibles, which at the time was the Old Testament which clearly proved that Jesus was the Messiah. He then goes to highlight to them that they ignore Moses and the prophets and are willingly ignorant of the biblical proof of his Messiahship. He has shown them sign after sign after sign and they just don't want to see the truth. They have completely shut out their hearts from the truth. There is no proof that they will accept, even if one was to raise from the dead and tell them, even this they would not accept. I find it really interesting that Jesus was actually preparing them for the miracle he was about to perform, physically raising someone from the dead. And it's by no coincidence that the name Jesus uses in this parable was the name Lazarus. You see, the rich man was not named. But Jesus chose to name the poor man, and the name he gave him was the name Lazarus. Jesus foretold that even when Lazarus is raised from the dead, even then you're still not going to listen. 
And a short while later, when Lazarus was actually raised from the dead, did they listen? Well, no, in fact, they didn't. The chief priests and Pharisees responded by planning to kill Jesus. Now, this is the second way of interpreting this parable. But how do we know which one is true? You may say, okay, Marius, I see you can interpret it this way. But you could also interpret it literally. You choose to interpret it this way. But how do we know which way is the correct way of interpreting it? We'll find out just after this song. A sign shall be given A virgin will conceive A human baby bearing undiminished deity The glory of the nations A light for all to see And hope for all who will embrace His warm reality
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. Today we've been looking at the parable of the rich man and Lazarus and asking ourselves, which way is the correct way of interpreting this parable? We discovered that you could potentially interpret it in a literal way, or you could interpret it as a fictional story designed to portray a moral lesson. And given that this parable can be interpreted either one of two ways, we're now asking ourselves which way is the correct way of interpreting it. Is there a way to know? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's start by looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, which says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This is an important verse as it tells us that the entire Bible is given by inspiration. The same God that inspired Genesis is the God that inspired Revelation. And as such, all of the Bible needs to fit together. Therefore, the way we choose to interpret this parable needs to fit together with other parts of the Bible. It can't cause contradictions. When one chooses to accept this parable as a fictional story trying to portray a moral lesson, then it doesn't bring up any contradictions with other biblical passages. However, if one wants to accept this as a literal story of true events, then a number of contradictions arise. We're going to have a look at a few of these contradictions right now, and we'll begin by asking a few questions. The first question is, When one dies, are they carried by angels? Well, there's no biblical proof to suggest that when one dies, they are carried away by angels anywhere. In fact, the verse that we looked at before in Acts chapter 2, verse 29 and 34, clearly shows that when one dies, they're going into the ground. It's actually interesting that the rich man was buried and Lazarus was not. He was carried away by angels. This fits in very well with the fictional story scenario. The rich man went downstairs and Lazarus went up. A serious problem about heavenly communication arises if you accept this as a literal interpretation. Can those in Hades see those in heaven? And can those in Hades talk back to those in heaven? If you did accept this as a literal interpretation, you would also have to accept that in heaven we'll be able to see and converse with those in hell and vice versa. Now ask yourself this question. What kind of eternal paradise would you be able to enjoy while watching your friends and, God forbid, family who didn't make it suffer throughout eternity? The next problem that arises is one of Who is responsible for the resurrection? Does Abraham have the power to raise the dead? If you accept the literal interpretation of this parable, Abraham is asked to raise the dead, and it appears that he has the power to do so. The Bible, however, tells us in Revelation chapter 1 verse 18 that only Jesus has the keys to death. The next issue is one of simple logic. The rich man asked for a drop of water. Would one drop of water help him? Would one drop of water ease any kind of suffering in an eternal fire? In Psalms 146 verse 4, we're given an image of death. And it reads, 
His spirit departs, he returns to his earth. In that very day, his plans perish. Now I want to ask you, did the plans of the rich man and Lazarus perish? Uh, well, no. They continued to talk and plan. In fact, the rich man was planning to save his brothers. This is another contradiction that we observe if we choose to interpret this as a literal event. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 5, it says that the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. Do these dead people know nothing? Well, clearly they're talking and planning and even aware of what's happening on earth. The other issue is, when does the Bible say one goes to heaven? We saw before that David was in the grave. When will he go to heaven? John 6.39 reads, This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me I should lose nothing, but I should raise it up at the last day. Here we're told that the resurrection occurs at the last day. And we'll have a look at a number of other verses which say a similar thing. John 6 verse 40 says, And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. John 6 44 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the the last day. John 6.54 is talking about communion and it says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. In John 11.24, Martha says to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. In all these places and more, we're told that those who have accepted Jesus will raise in the resurrection, and that this will occur at the last day. In fact, this is beautifully described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, which say, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we shall always be with the Lord. The Bible clearly teaches that those who will go to heaven will do so at the last day when Jesus returns. Now, this poses a clear contradiction with the literal interpretation of what's happening to Lazarus, as he's taken away to heaven immediately. The other issue that rises up is, when will the wicked be raised again? We're told in Revelation chapter 20 verses 4 to 5 that this will occur a thousand years after the righteous go to heaven. Now, wait a minute. It seems that the rich man was raised immediately. Again, this is a clear contradiction with other biblical passages. Now, as I mentioned before, we have two options. One option is to accept that the parable of the rich man and Lazarus was a literal event. However, if we do this, it introduces many contradictions in the Bible. The other option is to accept that it was a fictional story designed to teach a moral lesson. When accepting it in this manner, we have no contradictions. And as the Bible doesn't contradict itself, 
and we have a way of interpreting this parable that offers no contradiction. The only logical course of action is to accept that this is a fictional story designed to teach a moral lesson. And I have to say that this is extremely comforting. We don't have a God that will torture someone throughout eternity if they choose not to accept Him. But we have a God who loves us and is continually wanting to draw us closer and closer to Him and to spend eternity with us. We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where we have video presentations on many topics including the one we've just been talking about called The Rich Man and Lazarus, A Description of Reality or A Fictional Parable Conveying Biblical Truth. We look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Marius Jigau. God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day.
Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. listening to is it relevant today if you have any questions or comments please leave them on our facebook page is it relevant today but for now thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you next week i love to tell the story 
Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old old story of Jesus and His love.